Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, it is season three, episode 35 of the Daily Intermission Podcast. My name is Greg. I am in studio. I know you know we're ready to rock and roll after a massive weekend in sports. The football world brought a ton of content. What a couple great conference championship games. The golf was awesome. We've got football and NBA rocking and rolling. The Aussie Open was alive and well. We've had some announcements out of the MMA. It's going to be a heater of an episode, ladies and gentlemen. But first and foremost, I have to say that the pregame show was brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is back in the mix, and they recommend that if you're going to make a New Year's resolution this year, you might as well make one that you can keep. And it's personal hygiene. Listen, order your Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. There's a bunch of great packages you can order off the Manscaped website for your men's grooming. It's unbelievable. Use the code TDI at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Seriously, guys, this stuff is unreal. I mean, obviously, we remember Nate used to be vocal about him using it all over his body. I kind of stick to the gritty areas with mine. Uh, but listen, if you need a new grooming kit and if you need to upgrade yours, it's truly a great product. So go over to manscaped.com, use the code TDI for 20% off and free shipping. But what a weekend it was in sports. And we will get into that. Once I finish my story and my story this week, folks, my monologue story in the pregame show is a story about um, my my first game. It was regular season game one of my grade 12 year. So I think I've been vocal about it in the past about how much of a wagon my high school football team was in my grade 12 year. Uh, really, you know, one of the best um, in my local, in my, in my province. So in the state, we'll say. And, and so... The first game we played, we we were on the road to kind of a, I don't want to say a, you know a, a suburb of Halifax, but it's kind of like a a big populated area outside of Halifax, and they have a, a really big high school that's that's very strong in sports, and it's they're called CEC. So we went on the road to play them in the first game of the season, and you know not really knowing. I I, I will preface this by saying in high school sports and just you know you know I guess amateur sport. You never really know coming out of training camp and the month of training and and um, you know you know install and, and everything that goes into a football training camp. You never really know how you're going to be. Obviously, you've got the year prior to understand you know and all the players returning like your capabilities and and maybe your potential, but you never really know what you're going to be like. So we rolled in. We knew CEC was going to be a strong team. The CEC team had they had seven eight guys that went on to play um, you know decent college ball. But anyway, we ended up beating the wheels off them like forty two to ten. But during the fourth quarter, I handed the ball off to my running back, and we had a, a fullback, Adam Lawrence, and he was just an absolute monster. So he was leading the way on the run, and he blew up this guy. And I don't know what was going through my head at this moment, but I had played hockey. You know, I was kind of a physical guy in, in hockey, and 
this this poor kid who had just been run over by our fullback gets up and I decide to run over and absolutely rock the wheels off of him for a second time. It was, it's probably the greasiest play by a quarterback in Nova Scotia high school football. And the crowd I'm telling you that was full CC was rattled. They were booing me. I get suspended for a game. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm completely beside myself. My dad, that was, out of all of the years, my dad coached me playing hockey. That was the most disappointed I think I've ever seen him, um, was that play that I pulled off, that stunt that I pulled off in my grade 12 year. So I was suspended uh, as a quarterback, suspended for one game. So that next week, we traveled into Cole Harbor, which is, a, a big school in, in a Cole Harbor. A lot of you will recognize that name. That's where Nathan McKinnon and uh, Sidney Crosby are from. So we're playing that high school in our week two, but I am sitting out. I am in the crowd and our backup quarterback, who was a buddy of mine, Ethan, he doesn't throw, he doesn't complete a pass during the game. We win the game 92, nothing. They stop the game after three quarters. I'm telling you everything. We had like six intercepts and touchdowns, every kick, punt return, touchdowns, kick. It was the biggest smackdown I've ever seen. And I'm like looking at this. I'm like, what a game that would have been to, to pad some stats. Uh, but thankfully that was the game I, I missed. Um, but, but yeah, that's the story of how I got suspended. A poor lineman was laying down on the ground, getting up after getting run over. And I go and tee him up again. It was it, it just, just the slimiest play in the history of football. And, and, and I, I never got engaged in physical confrontation in football ever again. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was certainly, um, not on the highlight tape, but it was certainly the most disappointed I've seen my old man. And, um, you know, a story that I thought I should tell, uh, but without further ado, folks, let's get into the quarter one NFL breakdown because this weekend was the conference championship weekend and it was it was truly it was it was incredible uh, we had San Francisco take on Philadelphia in the early game and then at seven o'clock six o'clock I guess for for the majority of listeners it was Cincinnati versus Kansas City weren't the celebrities out in full force in Philadelphia Lincoln Field was humming that Philadelphia those Philadelphia fans are absolutely ruthless they are just Oh, it's what an incredible building that was. But Bradley Cooper, obviously a notable diehard Eagles fan, was there. Mike Trout, obviously, again, another huge Eagles fan, was in the mix. Joel Embiid, Michael Rubin, the owner of the Fanatic, Fanatics. I'm not sure if he sold his stake in the 76ers. But anyway, just a massive, massive crowd in Philadelphia ready to rock and roll. And Brock Purdy comes out, first drive, and hurts his throwing elbow. And we're like, oh, here we go. Fumbles. Uh, the Eagles go down and score, and it's like, okay, you know what? This is, uh, you know what? Is Brock Purdy going to come back in the game? Can they respond? And it's Josh Johnson. Um, Josh Johnson takes over. Josh Johnson, as soon as Josh Johnson entered the game, the game was over. And I don't care how close it was, because we ended the quarter, it was a tie game. Christian McCaffrey broke and went on a heroic run, like a 25-yard run to tie the game. But as soon as I saw Josh Johnson end of the game, I knew it was over. This guy looked so uncomfortable in the pocket. He looked so uncomfortable throwing the ball. I mean, I mean, how you got to feel for him. This is the fourth quarterback that the San Francisco 49ers had to use this year. Just awful luck. I mean, it is a testament to the San Francisco 49ers of how far they went with not only Brock, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, but you know, just going through all those different quarterbacks. I mean, their defense is so stout and and just the offensive weapons that they have. Uh, but Miles Sanders obviously scores his second touchdown and Boston Scott runs in 
to make it a 21-7 game at half. Um, you know, it just it, it just felt like this game right from the get-go with this the whole Purdy situation was so odd. Uh, he couldn't throw the ball, and then they bring in Josh Johnson. Um, and uh, he looks terrible. McCaffrey, like, all they can do is run the ball. So they're just, you know, it, it really sucked in terms of, you know, the content. And we were looking for a close battle between two, you know, hard-nosed football team. And it just wasn't really, um, you know, the football game we got. And then, you know, we moved to the third, third quarter. And obviously the 49ers were struggling to move the ball. Hurts runs in a touchdown. They ended up getting a field goal in the fourth. They ended up winning 31-7. to um, but this Eagles team, they, they were fully healthy, all 22 starters, ready to rock and roll. And, and uh, San Francisco, I mean, you could see it on Shanahan's face how disappointed he was. Um, just a tough, tough go. But it is what it is, man. And, and uh, you know, you need strong quarterback play. And, you know, I'm not going to pump my tires, but I saw this coming. You know, I think even if, if Brock Purdy would have been healthy this entire game, I think the Eagles would have would have won this game. Um but we looked at Howie Roseman and look at the offseason pickups he's had for this Philadelphia Eagles team. AJ Brown, he's been a monster all season. Obviously, a mismatch, a great wide receiver. Hassan Reddick, an absolute monster on the D line for the Eagles. James Bradbury, what a compliment corner across from Darius Slay. I mean, James Bradbury's been fantastic. Safety, CJ Gardner Johnson was amazing. I mean, just the pickups that Howie Roseman had this offseason. Their O line looks great. Jason Kelsey's a machine. Lane Johnson's still doing his thing. And the fact that they were fully healthy I think that that is something we should take note of I mean this team is feisty they're the number one seed for a reason they had a fantastic regular season and they booked their ticket to the Super Bowl in fashion at the link I just I, I had a hard time looking at the 49ers and Brock Purdy it was a great Cinderella story but I talked about it on the last podcast I hope you guys enjoyed that by the way with the call-ins I'm definitely going to do that again I enjoyed um, having people kind of you know bring up different sports topics and us being able to dive into it but Brock Purdy, I mean, they didn't really, like, obviously he looked fantastic and they were winning ball games, but they didn't really have a monumental win. And I don't think he could have in the NFC. I find most of the powerhouses are in the AFC. Uh, but his most notable win, obviously, being the Cowboys, but then the Bucks twice, like, that, you can take that for what it is. You know, what are the Bucks? Um, but this this Philadelphia Eagles team was going to be a massive jump in terms of what uh, what he had coming for him. So, I mean, the Eagles, credit to them. That's a big win, 31-7 at home, and they have booked their ticket to the Super Bowl in Arizona. And then we get the night game. And I think that this one was more, man, the public, it seemed like, was all over Cincinnati. A lot of Joe Burrow fans. Um, But I'm just going to play this clip, folks, uh, before I dive into things. Cincinnati, I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC Championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. So that's the Cincinnati mayor. As soon as I heard this, and as soon as I heard the Bengals kind of players calling it Burrowhead on the bench last week, I was like, are you kidding me? You're going to go to the number one quarterback in the league, one of the best coaches, the best tight end, and, I mean, Spagnuolo, is, is, is Spagnuolo I apologize, is an, is an unbelievable defensive coordinator as well. Blitzes the quarterback, 
pressures the quarterback as, as good as anybody in football draws them up and you know that's something that we saw the bills you know didn't didn't make happen versus joe burrow so i thought that was going to be a change but as soon as i heard all of this hype i thought there's no fucking way they win and it was a great game this game was unbelievable. It got a little chirpy in the chalkboard app, I must say. People were, were calling me out for being on a cooler in the NFL playoffs. People were calling me out uh, for having cold takes. But, listen, I was all over the Kansas City Chiefs minus one and a half. The Chiefs take an early lead. They scored two field goals. Their defense looks good. Um, and, uh, obviously, they couldn't close it out in the red zone, but they do go up to a 6 nothing, a quick 6 nothing um, lead. But, Legarius, I apologize. Legarius Sneed goes down, the best cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you start to worry because the three cornerbacks left for the Kansas City Chiefs, all first round picks. Unbelievable. Trent McDuffie, first round pick. Jalen Watson, seventh round pick. And Joshua Williams, fourth round pick. All from this last draft, they're all playing in the game. I mean, now you're thinking, oh, geez, how are these guys going to handle um, Chase, Higgins, and Boyd? The Boyd gets banged up. Uh, the Chiefs do respond with a field goal of their own, 6-3. And then Travis Kelsey, obviously, in the fourth down. Absolutely, sl- uh, Mahomes slings one to Kelsey in the, in the end zone. They go up 13-3, and then the Bengals go down and get a late field goal, 13-6 at the half. I mean, you're thinking, okay, the Bengals are right in this thing. and It, it was you know just a close game. But Mahomes, man, on one leg is still doing it. It was, I mean, I was chirping in the chalkboard app early at this point. I'm like, man, this game's over at 13-3. It certainly was not uh, because the Bengals obviously shut down the, the Chiefs on the opening drive. And then T. Higgins, that throw to T. Higgins, that touchdown when he goes over top of the two B, TB, DBs. I mean, that's not a 50-50 ball. That was, that was an unbelievable touchdown pass. So it's a tie game now, 13-13. You're like, okay, here we go. Buckle up. Chiefs go down. And I mean... Valdez Scantling, I got to give him a shout out. What a game he had early on in the game when he ran kind of a a post route and and the throw was a bit behind him, but the throw was in front of Von Bell, the safety, and over the top of Eli Apple, and he just makes an unbelievable grab. What a throw. And then Valdez Scantling goes down and scores the touchdown. They go up 20, uh, shoot, yeah, it was 20 to, to 13. And then, I mean, you're like, okay, you know, the Chiefs have this. Burrow throws a pick, and now you're like, okay, now. They're going to win the game. This game's over. And Patrick Mahomes fumbles. It was something like I've never seen before. He doesn't get the laces. He he catches the snap, was looking for like a quick hitter, and absolutely fumbles the ball. And uh and, and the Bengals recover. And the Bengals get in and score. Perrine ties the game. And this is when things get a little interesting. So obviously both teams get the ball back. There's a third and six play by the Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously he he checks down to Travis Kelsey, short of the mark, but there was a ref running on the field to get to redo the down. I know there was a complete outrage online by this, but the ref was running on the field blowing the whistle. So I don't really know where to stand on that on that call. Um and then the Bengals get the ball, they go three and out, and then the Chiefs get the ball back. And uh and there's some misholding calls, and obviously then when, when Mahomes runs for the first down and then 58, I forget his name right now, on the Bengals, blows him up out of bounds. Are you kidding me, dude? Like, just the stupidest penalty you could ever take. They go down, they score the game-winning goal, or game-winning field goal. I mean, it, it's a lot to break down, especially on your own. But listen, that was an incredible football game, and I think the Chiefs did deserve to win. And I know people are upset with the refing, but... And the misholding calls, but we hear it all the time, all the time in football. Like if you break down play by play, 
there's holding on almost every play in the NFL, both ways. So obviously there were some missed calls and, and you can, you can, you know, you can, you can take it for what it is, but the chiefs are moving on to the Super Bowl. The Bengals lost a football game and I think it's going overtime. If 58 doesn't blow up Mahomes after that run, like it's still, so they're probably going to kick the, kick the field goal after that run. And it's a 56 yarder, which he didn't even attempt during a warmup, uh, Bucker. So anyway, Truly an incredible football game. I was at the edge of my seat because I, you know, obviously uh, I stuck my neck out on social media on Saturday night and I gave out my, my chiefs bet and my, and my Eagles bet. Um, and I know weren't trying, like those are two favorites to be betting on. Um, but you know what, when you call your shot on Saturday, you know, you can really, you can really, you're, you're asking for an absolute uh, bloodbath in the comments and to get body bagged. But, but thankfully the both number one seeds are moving on. It's going to be the Kelsey bowl and the super bowl. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Chiefs are banged up, man. I mean, you got Kelsey with the back injury, obviously Pat Mahomes with the ankle. You've got Snead with the head injury. I mean, what is going to happen? Got a fully healthy Eagles team. I mean, it's going to be one heck of a two weeks, and I am certainly not making a bet yet. I need I need a week to rejuvenate. Um, I need a week to monitor things. I want to get a feel from the interviews. I, I like time to develop these crazy narratives, but the Super Bowl is set. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles in Arizona. Can you imagine being in Arizona for the Super Bowl because that same week is Waste Management Week at TPC Scottsdale? I mean, Arizona, is, that's just going to be an absolute hum fest. What a time they're going to have. Um, but uh, the Kelsey Bowl, obviously the Kelseys have started a podcast. It's blowing up. They're doing fantastic things. And, and to face each other in the Super Bowl, what great marketing that's going to be. Uh, I wonder if they'll, rec- they'll record this this week because that will probably be must-listen uh, must action. But, you know, what a, what a weekend of football. And and uh, I know, uh, guys, if you're not in the chalkboard app, and you're you know you're watching games and you want a group chat to kind of chat in or check in with or come beak me. I mean, it is certainly the best place to be. Uh, I, a ton of people were upset um, with me being on the Chiefs and me cheering for the Chiefs. So I do apologize if anybody was butt hurt. Um, I know you know me saying that you know, Burrow had my ass and after the game that people were a little bit upset with that. But you know what? I stuck to my guns. I was feeling like the Chiefs and the Eagles, but saying it for a while. And there it is. All right, folks, let's move into quarter two. We got some NBA talk and uh, the $10 to 10K challenge. I'm not sure if I talked about this two episodes ago, but I'm going to talk about it now. So there's a big betting trend going on right now um, in the betting world. And uh, I think it was kind of made famous by this guy called Calling Our Shot. He's, he's blowing up on social media in good form. It's a really fun challenge. Um, so what you do is you start with $10. And you formulate an NBA prop parlay. And, and I think this is why the reasoning behind why he's doing the NBA prop parlays is because there's such statistical analysis in NBA or just trends that you can follow that are really compelling. So say Julius Randle has been over 20 points the last 18 of his 21 games. Well, you're feeling pretty good about that bet of an over 20 game or say, you know, you can bring down a Kyrie Irving has three assists or, you know, uh, and he's had three assists, uh, 41 of his last 45 games. I mean, you can just really do some easy, uh, statistical analysis on NBA props and you parlay a few that you really like, and then you try to get it to plus 100 and you double it. And then you do it again and you do it again for 10 days until you get to $10,000. 
So obviously I've been unsuccessful. Uh, Julius Randle was the latest NBA player to fuck me. Uh, I had him over 20 points. He had 19. Um, but I am going to start that back up. I mean, I'm going to be posting them regularly. I'm just going to call it the daily double. Uh, I'm not going to call it the $10, the 10 K challenge. You can start whenever you want. Um, if you're feeling like doing the $10, the 10, I, I, I will be doing it. Um, but, uh, I, I really do like that challenge. I think it's just a, it, it's a fun way. I mean, and, and honestly too, if you get on a little bit of a heater, you can, you can make some money. It doesn't mean you have to go right to 10,000, right? I mean, if you're happy with the double up of 40 to 80, you want to keep the 80. Or if you're happy with the 160 to 320, you want to keep the 320. I mean, you could check out at any point. Um, uh, but I think you start with 10 bucks and, uh, and if you're a big avid sports fan i don't see you know any reason obviously if it gets out of hand if you start getting absolutely rinsed then you know you know back out and if it's really going to affect your, your you know your your financial uh, situation then obviously back out but i think it's a lot of fun so i'll be giving out the daily double uh, on instagram and i'll do it on tiktok for a little bit but uh on instagram for sure i'll be giving out my daily double every day uh, so i'll do that up um, uh, every day and, and, uh, you know, if you want to hop on the train and uh, if you want to, you know, miss the train, but we'll see how long we can go on a streak for the $10, a 10 K challenge. Interesting game here on, on Saturday night. We had a couple great games going on. I mean, Saturday night was, it was a great night for sports. Um, but, uh, LeBron gets fouled, uh, against Boston. They were obviously playing at the garden and, uh, Jason Tatum slapped his arm in a one Oh five, one Oh five game. It was a clear foul. The ball gets knocked out of his hand, um, and there was no call. So it goes to overtime, and, and the Celtics end up winning. But, I mean, that milk job that LeBron James put on after that no call, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like that. He was on the ground like he had just been shot. He It looked like a soccer player after they had rolled an ankle. It was unbelievable, the antics that LeBron was putting on. Uh, but... I thought that you could review those those uh, those types of plays in the NBA. I was always under the impression that they could have challenged or reviewed that because that was clearly a foul. But obviously, I was wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it was a tough scene for LeBron James. Uh, but speaking of LeBron, his son Bronny has been invited to the McDonald's All Star Game, which I'm not overly familiar with. I guess it's the top players in high school basketball across the United States playing a game, which will happen March 28th. I do believe in Kentucky, uh, but Bronny, man, his, his his stock is skyrocketing, and it's going to be exciting to see where he picks to go to college. Um, and uh, I think that he uh, he's going to put on quite the show. Um, during that game, you know, he's been dunking. Sorry, I was just checking my phone. Uh, lost my train of thought there. But, but yeah, Bronny's going to be at the all, the McDonald's All-Star game. Obviously, I've never watched that. I don't even know how you can watch that. Is it nationally televised? Who knows? Um, but uh, but we'll be watching for that. Um, I did want to mention Kyrie Irving during the basketball segment here uh, because Kyrie Irving, listen, I, I'm, I'm the quickest guy to shit on him. You know, he's obviously a very odd character. Uh, he comes out in the media. He's very vocal about his beliefs, and he definitely has done some stupid things in the past, had some stupid comments. Um, but when you look at him strictly for basketball, he is a freak of nature, uh, just a phenomenal basketball player. And, and maybe that narrative goes out the door sometimes when when you look at Kyrie uh, and, and and all of his kind of his his off the court nonsense. But I was watching the game uh, versus the Knicks on Saturday, the Battle of New York. Kyrie Irving leads the NBA in fourth quarter scoring, averaging over nine points per fourth quarter. This guy iced the game in just the iciest fashion. He was dripping deep threes. He had an unbelievable layup. I mean, he like I would say that Kyrie Irving, he's like a top five guy for me to watch in the NBA. His handles, his able to, his ability to drive and score, his ability to shoot. 
oh man, his handles are just ridiculous. I, Kyrie Irving, like as much as I shit on him, I do want to give him a lot of credit here because I did not realize, obviously, he was the uh, number one player in the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. I mean, that just screams ice in the veins. And then obviously, too, he put on a huge clinic. If you didn't see those highlights, go check out his fourth quarter highlights versus the Knicks. Absolutely puts them away. Uh, Miles Turner, center for the Indiana Pacers, has signed a two-year, $60 million deal to stay in Indiana. He was a name that was floating around. I think I did drop his name a couple episodes ago about him potentially moving. Uh, but he'll be staying in Indiana, obviously, the center there. Um, so good for Miles Turner signing, the, signing the for uh, for the bag in Indiana. 60, Shamil. Steph Curry, interesting one here. So they were playing Memphis. I think it was on Thursday or Friday. Uh, Thursday, anyway. Um Got ejected for throwing his mouth guard. Uh, if you didn't see the play, it was the dying seconds. They had an opportunity to win the game. The game ended up going to overtime versus Memphis, but they had an opportunity to win the game. Um, the ball gets kicked out to Jordan Poole, and it's like, it's a deep three. We're talking maybe like 10 feet outside the three, and Steph Curry is like a hand, an arm length away from him to shoot, and he's calling for the ball, and Poole hucks it up, bricks it, and Curry's pissed. He runs down the court, throws his mouth guard, gets ejected. Um, the Warriors end up winning in in uh, in overtime. But I wonder, like, is Jordan Poole, like, how much is he like there? Like, I, I thought maybe the Draymond Green situation um, was kind of just Draymond being an idiot when he suckered him. But it looked like there, like, that, that Curry was really upset. I mean, to go down the court and throw your mouth guard and put on a show like that, you don't see that often from Curry. Um, and that was due to the fact that, that Jordan Poole took that shot. I mean, if you're Jordan Poole, you got to give that to Steph. I mean, Steph is the greatest three-point shooter of all time. I mean, he's and he's an arm length away from you. Like, you really have the nuts to take that shot. And a wide-open Steph is right beside you. I mean, obviously shows the confidence that Jordan Poole's playing with, but... Uh, I think he's a guy that's probably going to end up leaving Golden State. Um, I don't think that uh, people are too fond of him in the locker room. I could be wrong, uh, but that's just what I'm drawing from conclusions from obviously the outro, uh, out, outbreak from Steph Curry and also um, uh, Draymond Green sucker punching him earlier this year. Uh, and just finally, we get the trade deadline. It's just over 11 days. Uh, I shouldn't say over 11 days. It is 11 days away, February 9th. Um, so we'll have some serious news in the NBA. It's going to be interesting to see what teams do. Uh, some teams that I'm circling, obviously, the Lakers. What are they going to do? The Raptors, what are they going to do? Are some top teams are the Celtics going to add? Are the Bucks going to add? You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how this trade deadline goes down. Uh, I'm really excited for it. So we'll have some NBA news coming. Um, and like I said, uh, I'll be riding NBA props for the daily double uh, on uh, on social media. So follow along with that. If you want to, you know, sprinkle, you can even start off with $5 or $2. You know, it, it's just the daily double up. What we're going to do is try to compile um, NBA player props that are highly likely to hit to try to get to plus 100 odds. So it's usually three to five props. And we'll see how long we can go on a streak for it. It's, it's a really fun way to, 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 to sports bet. And I think that they've got something good going on over there. Um, and and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start um, doing our own. All right, folks, we're going to move into quarter three, and we're going to talk about the National Hockey League as we always do. The Boston Bruins have lost three straight games for the first time. Actually, it was the first time losing back-to-back games, uh, but they've lost three straight games. And uh, and honestly, like, you know, for a team that's been playing so well, you look at that gauntlet. It's kind of the new-age gauntlet in the NHL when you've got to go play the Panthers, the Lightning, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Those are three very strong teams. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's like, it's kind of like the olden day, uh, Anaheim, San Jose and LA, like when those two teams, when those, you know, in the, in the, you know, the mid, 
2010s um, were uh, were such a wagon uh, when all those three two teams, all those three uh, Los Angeles and California teams were all very strong. Uh, reminds me of that's the new age. It's moved coasts. Uh, but the Bruins have lost three straight. Do they panic? Absolutely not. Uh, they've got the Maple Leafs, uh, I think, is their final game before the break. But I think, yeah, it's time for a break. I mean, when this team has been dominating so much, I honestly think it's good um, to have some adversity through the season. Like, you obviously don't want to see a team. I always get nervous. It's like been like just a complete dominant uh, regular season. I mean, when was the last time a President's Trophy winner? I'm not saying that uh, they, they can't win the President's Trophy and win the Cup, but it's not oftentimes the best team in the regular season wins the Cup. So I think it is good to you know lose a few games and just really you know, draw on, on, on some of the mistakes. And obviously, too, I mean... You know, go have some. I think they were having some fun. Uh, some footage came out on social media where McAvoy and Pasternak were having a beer in the bar, and Charlie Coyle in, in Florida. Like, you know, like take some time and and um, you know have a break, reset. And, and Linus Allmark still looks fantastic. And uh, that Carolina Hurricanes team, fuck, they're good. Uh, they don't have like a mega star that jumps off the page. I mean, they've got you know Aho, who's who's phenomenal, and Shvechnikov, and Brent Burns, and Slavin, and um, you know they they've got you know a, a deep team, and their goaltending's been phenomenal as well. But I mean, they just play a gritty style, and, and uh, they're a team that's going to be scary come playoff time. Uh, but the Bruins have lost three straight. And, uh, you know, are they in shambles? Well, if they lose the Leafs uh, on Tuesday night, then uh, we'll really be, maybe it's Wednesday, but but then we'll maybe be taking a look, a long look in the mirror. John Tavares has played his 1,000th game. I had two assists in the game. Um, so congrats to John Tavares, 1,000 games. That makes me feel really old. Uh, it doesn't seem like John Tavares, like I remember his World Junior days. Uh, now it's 1,000 games later in the NHL. So uh, congrats to John Tavares. Uh, but the Leafs are going to be without Austin Matthews. So it's going to be interesting to see here. So they're saying three weeks um, for Austin Matthews, but... Um, if you're the Leafs right now, who can definitely win some, you know, can definitely make the playoffs uh, without Austin Matthews, but do they pull a Tampa Bay? If, you know, five weeks goes by, six weeks goes by, and Matthews is still kind of lingering with his, I think it's a knee injury. Do you hold him out until game one and then have 11 Schmill to work with at the deadline? I think it's going to be hard to say, and obviously you don't want to, you know, I mean... <laughs> I think that that is a realistic option for the Leafs. If he's not looking, you know, let him let him, let him have a, like almost a full off season to get ready for for game one of the playoffs. I mean, I, that could be a hot take, but can you imagine if the Leafs held out Matthews and LTIR until game one and they brought in eleven million dollars worth of players at the deadline? Holy shit! That could be that could be a way of, of really making some noise, but I don't think that's going to be that's going to be a, a realistic option for the Leafs. But I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. And with that, that deadline's on March third, so we still have about a month away from the NHL trade deadline. But um, who knows? We've got the All Star break coming up this weekend, and uh, you know things are going to move fast through February. Obviously, the shortest month. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, interesting story out of Edmonton. Edmonton was beating the wheels off Chicago uh, 73 and they bring in their emergency backup, uh, an individual from the university of Alberta to get a little action. He made a save. So that's kind of a cool thing to do for the Oilers. Um, I like that. Uh, I, I know it might be a kind of a clown move and they might be clowning on Chicago, but I think that's cool. You know, if, if he's dressed and ready to rock, that's a story he'll be able to tell his grandchildren, probably never going to play in the NHL ever again. So yeah, I get to, get to say he made a stop in the NHL. That's cool for the Edmonton Oilers. So, um, you know, cool move by the Oilers to, uh, to bring in an e-bug on, on Saturday night, uh, against Chicago. Um, okay, folks, I know this is going to be released, uh, on, on Tuesday morning, but um, I'm going to call my shot, um, you know, I guess during the podcast. Rick Bonus has called out the Winnipeg Jets. They've lost five of the last 10 games. They've lost three games in a row. And they just lost in a, in a, they just lost in a beatdown. 
to Philadelphia. So Rick Bonus called his team out. I think they respond tonight in a big way versus the St. Louis Blues. I like the Jets to win minus one and a half by two goals tonight at home versus St. Louis. So that's um, that's my uh, that's my call tonight. I I hope it's like plus one forty right now. Uh, so I'll, actually, I'll put that out on social media. Um, but speaking of St. Louis, Jordan Bennington, this guy is the biggest fucking clown in the league. So he's he's back at it. They're playing the Avalanche on the weekend. He goes into the corner. He starts feeding one of the Avalanche players. I think it was Lekkinen. Actually, Gorgiev comes the center ice and the ref sends it back to the net. I thought that was a dust move by the ref. And actually, it's probably a smart move. Bennington probably would have beat the wheels off Gorgiev. Uh, but Jordan Bennington, like this guy's asking for a fight. Is somebody going to fight this guy? Like he goes out of his net. He hit Jordan Stoller this year. He fake slash people. I think he's actually slashed people. Like it's unbelievable. He sticks people to the face. He's he's hitting people. Like it's Jordan Bennington wants a fight and somebody's got to give it to him. So we'll be watching that, but he's such a clown. Um, and uh, I can't believe that this guy continues to make headlines like this because I'm pretty sure Craig Rubey, the coach of the St. Louis, has like called him out and said, "Listen, buddy, calm the fuck down." But anyway, NHL All Star event. Yes, we're betting on it. The NHL All Star is this weekend. I think the games conclude on Wednesday, and then we'll have All Star weekend starting Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Florida at FLA FLA Live. Um, and yes, we're going to be betting. Um, so stay alive in the chalkboard app. We'll be betting on these games. We'll be betting on these events. Uh, fastest skater. Uh, we're going to be on McDavid. Uh, he'll probably be minus. So it may not be worth betting on McDavid, but we'll be betting on McDavid in the, in the fastest skater, the hardest shot. I haven't seen the lineup for the hardest shot, but we'll also be putting some money on a guy who's got an absolute clap on. Um, there's going to be a golf event. It sounds like at TPC Sawgrass, the Island green. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously the breakaway challenge, not worth really betting on. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, we'll, we'll break it down more on Thursday about who we're looking at. The events should be released by Thursday, or I should say by Friday, and we should have some odds out in terms of who who I'll be betting on. I suggest detail because I'm on an absolute heater. Yes, that's right, Archer. I'm on a heater. All right, folks, uh, let's move into quarter four. We'll talk about the PGA Tour. Max Homa, the California King, wins his fourth tournament. Uh, in California, he wins at Torrey Pines, kind of comes out of the pack, has a great Sunday. Um, he went to Cal. It's his fourth win in California. He shot a 60 at LA Country Club before. And why do I bring up LA Country Club? Because that's where the US Open is going to be held. I, I just, I, I had a future, uh, I'll shout out DB to this from the Tour Junkies. He recommended... Um, as soon as his home of one that, uh, that the U S open was being played at the LA country club and he was plus 5,000 to win. Um, so it's actually moved to uh, plus 3,500. So I put 10 bucks down on that to win 350. Um, I recommend you do that. I recommend, uh, you know, you look at uh, a futures bet uh, for, for Max home to win at uh, the LA country club. Uh, obviously the U S opens not till June. Um, but uh, at plus 3,500, it's already dropped 15 points. So who knows? He, he might end up being like a kind of a plus 1,800 guy uh, by the time they tee it up at the LA Country Club. So I, I'm interested, in, you know, if you're going to be following along and, and you've got, you know, a long-term betting account where you're not being a complete degenerate, I would say sprinkle a future on Max Homer to win the U.S. Open. Um, John Rahm, he's a guy I live bet at plus 700 after uh, round two. Uh, he came back and had a great Saturday to go two strokes back of Sam Ryder had a tough Sunday. So his Thursday and Sunday, uh, you know, he struggled and, and John Rahm, I mean, he's still, his, his form's really good. So he's a guy that's going to be scary, especially, uh, at the, uh, waste management open in two weeks. Um, Morikawa's knocking at the door again. He ends up a couple shots back. Uh, his game's in great form. 
Um, and Sam Ryder shows up on Sunday in the Burgundy Joggers and completely shits himself. And that was not really uh, a big surprise. I mean, when there's a guy that hasn't had, you know, the, the, the type of winning success that the guys all around, you know, when you got John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Max Homa coming up your rear and you've never won on the PGA Tour, it's going to be tough to close that out against those killers. So, uh, but this week we've got Pebble Beach, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Um, very, very, very weak field. I mean, we look at uh, Jordan Spieth is a heavy favorite of plus 800. Is he going to be worth taking in the one undone? I doubt it. You got Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick. I doubt it again. I mean, this guy, he's, he's kind of a big tournament guy. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think I'm going to be riding Maverick, uh, Maverick McNeely. He's a guy that I think is going to win on the tour this year, or if not, you know, have a strong year on tour. Uh, he's played well here in the past. Um, so I'm going to take Maverick McNeely this week and then one and done. I'm not sure where everybody's leaning. I mean, if you want to use Jordan Spieth, I'm going to save Jordan Spieth. Um, I want to I want to see his game trending in a little bit stronger of a direction. Obviously, we saw him be the first-round leader uh, the last time he teed it up. I think it was at the Sony, and then he ended up missing the cut. So I want to see a little bit stronger form before I take uh, Jordan Spieth. Obviously, he's been fantastic at Pebble Beach, but I'm going to be riding Maverick McNeely. So that's what we've got on, on tap this week on the PGA Tour is the AT&T uh, Pebble Beach, and then next week, obviously, the Waste Management, which will fire up some content. Uh, just quickly over in Abu Dhabi, uh, the DB World Tour played and Rory wins again. Rory's on an absolute heater. This last year and a half, he has been the best player in golf. Uh, he ends up beating Patrick Reed by one. But the biggest story was certainly on Wednesday. So Patrick Reed served a subpoena to Rory on Christmas Eve. And I'm not quite sure what that means in legal terms, but I know, you know, he, he sued him for something, I guess. Um, and Rory was pissed clearly on Christmas Eve to be sued. I mean, that's just gutless by Patrick Reed and Patrick Reed goes over to the range. He shakes Harry Diamond's hand, his caddy and, uh, says something to Rory and Rory just doesn't acknowledge him, which I think any, any human being would do like, fuck this guy. This guy served a subpoena to me on Christmas Eve. So he kind of chucks the tea his way and makes serious headlines. They kind of go at each other in the media and then Rory ends up beating them by one. I'm Extremely happy that Rory won. I hate Patrick Reed. I think Patrick Reed might be one of the more hated athletes on the planet. Um, so yeah, so uh, Rory wins in in uh, Abu Dhabi. Max Homa wins in California. We got the Pebble Beach coming up this week. We've got the Waste of Management in two weeks. Hopefully, you guys are all enjoying the golf. Um, I'll give up some golf best bets on Thursday. I've got to get back into uh, giving some best bets. Uh, I'm not going to do the outright winner stuff, um, but if you do like the outright winner stuff, go check out the D, uh, the Tour Junkies podcast. I mean, they hit Max Homa last week, but he usually gives out um, some long odds um, to to bet on during the in the golf scene. Uh, and just finally, some MMA fights that were announced. Uh, Alex Pereira and Adi Adesanya are going to run it back, uh, and uh, Jorge Masvidal and and um, Gilbert Burns are going to fight. So that's, you know, the UFC is just packing in some serious tilts. Uh, so really looking forward to that. Obviously, we've got the Jake Paul and Tommy Fury fight announced for February. Um, and the Joker. Djokovic wins the US Open, or sorry, the Aussie Open, the Australian Open. His 10th Australian Open. He's now tied with Nadal for 22 majors. Uh, I think Nadal wants to, or I think Djokovic, when it's all said and done, will be known as the GOAT of tennis. Um, but that is your wrap-up. That's going to wrap things up, folks. If you're not, if you haven't yet, give the episode a five star, share the episode around with your friends, go on to the social media, follow along. I appreciate you guys. Everybody have a fantastic week. What a great week of sports it was. And, uh, and we'll be, uh, we'll be back at it on Friday. Peace.